Welcome back to another episode of the Heated Up Podcast. I'm your host, Ross Brown. If you're not following us on any social media sites, please go over to Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Use that at symbol, Heated Up Podcast, or go over to Anchor FM, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, and please type in Heated Up Podcast. You'll see us there. Um, we're posting every Friday, um, and we are trying to be the biggest and best podcast around. Today's episode, I know we had a week off. There wasn't so much I wanted to talk about, and I didn't want to put out a short episode. So this episode, we got a little bit of stuff to talk about. And I feel like there's just two main points and conversations I want to have. Um, The first one is the MLB preview. Um, As some of you know, the Red Sox and Yankees got postponed to today. Today is Friday, so today is the day that they are going to be playing each other um, for their quote-unquote opening day. They were supposed to play yesterday, but there was um, weather going on in Massachusetts, so or excuse me, New York, um, and um, and they postponed it, which, understandable, it makes sense. Um, so we will have that game today at 1 o'clock. I am very excited, um, and I hope all of you are as well. And we also, the second topic I want to cover is the UFC. We have UFC 273. We have the main event, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Chael Sung Jung, the Korean Zombie. We got to talk about Pewter Yan and Aljamain Sterling rematch and Kamzat Chimaev versus Gilbert Burns. Also on that card, Ian Gary, Tisha Torres, Mackenzie Dern, Jair Rosenstrike, Marcin Tybora. Uh, Aspen Lod, who we got to talk about that one. Mickey Gall, the man that choked out CM Punk. Alexio Linick. We got a lot to talk about. This is a huge, huge card for the UFC. Um, and I can't wait to talk about that. A couple of other things I'll throw in there. The NBA playoffs. I know I tweeted that I was going to do an NBA playoff preview, but I looked at it. The schedule starts next Saturday is when the playoffs start. So the play-ins will happen this coming week. I'll kind of touch on the play-ins a little bit, but not do a whole preview. I want to dedicate an entire episode. So next week on Friday, probably a whole 30 minutes will be just covered by the uh, the NBA playoffs. We just got to talk about that break each team down and their odds of winning a championship. I'll also talk about the Miami Heat and Celtics game I went to um, and a couple of other things I want to tune in. So ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to heat it up. Soundstripe. Welcome back from the break, everybody. Hope everybody's having a phenomenal Friday. Um, we got to talk a lot about the MLB, and I kind of want to push that to the end of the episode because I wanted to cover the UFC. I like covering UFC because it's kind of quick topics. Um, and things I want to just cover quickly with them. And I'll throw a couple of other things. There'll probably be only two segments. We'll kind of break down the MLB at the end of the episode. Um, we are back on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening to Apple Podcasts, please let me know um, so I know that it's working again. Um, I don't know what our issue was before, but they finally figured it out. And, and honestly, that's kind of just what matters to me is that they figured it out. It sucks that we weren't able to have it um, for the past couple of episodes because I thought our past couple of episodes have been amazing. Um, and we're just kind of getting better, and I'm really excited for that. But we're back. This is going to be a good episode. I cannot wait. Um, UFC 273. we got to talk about that because I haven't looked forward to a pay-per-view probably. Well, I can't say that because the Masvidal and Covington one I was really looking forward to. But like before that, the Adesanya and Whitaker one, I was intrigued, but I wasn't like, yeah. And like the Ngannou and Gone, same thing. I wasn't like, oomph. Like it wasn't a filled card. This card is stacked and I kind of just went through it quickly 
in the beginning of this episode. I kind of just talked about it, and we're going to take a deep dive right now into it. Um, we'll just start on the prelims and make our way up like we usually do. Alexi Olenek, uh, minus 20 um, on the on the odds chart. Another guy that he's past his prime. We all know this. And I don't think he's a guy that I don't think really ever touched like his peak potential. I feel like he's just had a lot of fights. He's had a lot of losses. He's 59-16-1, no contest. That's what? Almost 70. It is 70. It's 70, like five or 76 pro fights. Not on the UFC. Um, I don't know his UFC to just pro professional fighting. But that's a lot of fights. And you have to think a guy like that going up against a guy like Jared Vandera, it's a heavyweight fight. It's a one-punches-chance fight. I don't know who I see winning that one, but I think it's going to be a good card. And the fights that I talk about are cards that you should tune into and fights that you should kind of focus on on this card. Um, and I think this is one of them that I would definitely pay attention to, um, and I will be paying attention to it. Um, Alexi, at some point, is going to have to hang up the gloves. It's just when. Do you know what I mean? Um, next, that I'm looking forward to, Mickey Gall. Um the guy that beat CM Punk. We all remember when CM Punk was a big uh, name in the UFC, even though he never got a win in the UFC. He was a big name coming from the WWE. Everybody knew him. Everybody loved him. He came out to the same theme song. Everything was good. He had the rights to it. Everything was great until he gets choked out by Mickey Gall in his debut, and then he loses again um, in quick fashion. Mickey Gall never really made a name for himself after that. I wish he did because... I mean, come on, you beat CM Punk, you gotta have something. I don't think you should get ranked for that, um, but that should put your name on the chart, kind of like Sean O'Malley did in the beginning of his career, kind of like Ian Gary's gonna start doing, um, and kind of like a tie to Avasa, who just shot up the charts um, because of his last win against Derek Lewis. Um, but like guys like that, Kamzat Chemaev, I, I mean, I mean, just to name a couple of them, um, Patty Pimblett, a good name. He's got to get the wins together. He never really did that. So Mickey Gall, it'll be a good fight to watch. I like watching him fight. He's a really good wrestler. Um, but we'll have to see what happens. Next one, Aspen Ladd. And we all know what's going on with Aspen Ladd. If you listen to Dana White, um, I think two months ago, um, a press conference, I was listening to it. Um, Ladd missed weight again. I think that's her like third fight she's missed weight in her, in her life um, in the UFC. And I don't think she's had a lot of fights in the UFC. So it's strugglesome. Um, and what Dana White did, and everyone's question why he did it, is he helped her move up in weight because she was struggling cutting down in weight. So what do you do? Okay, let's give her to go up in weight, and it, and it helps her out almost because if she can't make the weight, why would she come out and say that she can make that weight? Do you know what I'm trying to say? So it kind of just shows the lack of professionalism. Um, so a lot of people are going to be tuning into this fight against Raquel Pennington, um, and we'll see what happens. I think it'll be a nice little fight. Um, Aspen Lott, I think, is a really good fighter. We'll have to see what happens when she fights in Bantamweight. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that one. Jair Rosenstrike, Marcin Tybora is the co-main event on the preliminary card, if you kind of want to call it that. I like Jair Rosenstrike. He's had a weak chin as of late, and I don't know if that's coming with the age. I don't know if that's coming with um, the opponents he's faced. He's faced Al uh, Alistair Overeem. He's faced Franison Ngannou. He's faced... Um, oh, I'm trying to think of everyone he's faced. He's just faced so many of the top heavyweights. I think this is a good fight. Marcin Tybor is a guy coming up. Um, I think he's trying to really push for a ranked fight, get up there in um, the division. I think that he definitely can. I don't think he has championship aspirations right now. I think that Marcin has had a couple of really good fights. I like his style. The way he fights um, is very um, unique in the division. I feel like the only other guy that's kind of fighting like him um, is Tom Aspinall. And I feel like 
it's a weird to compare those two because they're so different body-wise, but I feel like they both apply the pressure phenomenally um, and do really great things in the octagon. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, Jair Rosenstreich is minus 160 in that fight. So um, Marci Tambor, I, I, I probably would throw my money on just because I, I feel like Jair is just really on a down, uh, a down spiral, to be honest. I mean, you go up against Francis Ngannou, get knocked out in that fashion. I mean, you just there's just no coming back. And then the preliminary card main event, a guy, Ian Gary, that we talked about on this podcast numerous times. I love Ian Gary. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. I think that this fight could be the, the beginning of the main card. That's how good it is. I think you could put Jair Strike in that main event card on the paper, uh, preliminary card and put Ian Gary in the beginning of that fight. I think that's kind of like when they did um, the McGregor and D, uh, McGregor and Poirier fight um, where they threw Sean O'Malley in the beginning. Get the crowd on their feet, and I think Ian Gary is one of those guys that can get this crowd under him and he can perform under the big lights. So I think Ian Gary is definitely going to win this fight. Um, but we'll have to see what happens if they move it to the main card because right now we only have four confirmed main card fights. Um, we probably need one more. Um, and Ian Gary, I think, is probably the one that should go up there. But I wouldn't be surprised if, like, um, let's just kind of think in my head, uh, the Jair Rosenstrike. I mean, you could put it on there because you think the fans are going to get back into it. Do you know what I mean? you got a lot of light guys in this, uh, this card um, besides what my opinion of the best fight in the card will be. Um, so we'll start in the main card. Tisha Torres, Mackenzie Dern. I love Mackenzie Dern, but I also think Tisha Torres is a literal demon in the octagon. She is absolutely a nightmare. Um, she's minus 110. Um, Mackenzie Dern's minus 120, the favorite in this one. I don't know where I would go on this one. I love Mackenzie Dern. I love what she brings to the octagon. She's only had a couple of fights in the UFC. Um, but Tisha Torres is a badass. Like she, She would knock me out in one punch. Like, easily... Like, not even have to put effort in. She is absolutely insane. I love Tisha Torres. I, I love them both. I think this is a really good fight, um, and I cannot wait to see this one um, start out, at least for right now, UFC 273. Then we got to talk about... The, the next three fights are fights that could headline their own pay-per-view. Honestly, they really could. Um, next one, Kamzat Chimaev, Gilbert Burns. Um, and we've been talking about this one since, I believe, like January. Probably even earlier. I think December, maybe. Um, Kamzat needed a fight. He's 10-0 in his professional debut. I think he's had, what, three or four fights in the UFC. All in the same fashion. All in the same fashion. And, and Song Yadong, I think, was his last opponent. And he was a guy coming up in the ranks where I thought that he was going to kind of make a name for himself and try to crack that top 15. It didn't work out for him because you had to face Kamzat Chemaev, who absolutely destroyed him. Um, and if you kind of go on social media with the UFC, you see Kamzat Chemaev and Darren Till are very close friends. It's very funny to watch that, by the way. If you have not gone and seen some of the videos, there was a video I saw on TikTok of them FaceTiming Dana White. It's just so funny watching these guys communicate and do all this stuff. Um, but this is a really good fight. I think plus 400 for Gilbert is kind of disrespectful to him. The guy was just fighting for the title, you know, six, seven, eight months ago against um, Kamara Usman. And, I mean, without Kamaru, he's kind of putting on a main event caliber fight with Colby Covington for the title if Kamaru is not there. Um, this is a good fight. If Kamzat wins, he's going to be cracking the top three with ease, and I think that he will fight Kamaru Usman next. I think that you can't put Leon Edwards there next. Um, I just I just still am not sold on Leon Edwards, and we'll kind of get into that later in a couple of episodes um, when that fight's announced. Um I just am not behind Leon Edwards, and I don't think I ever will be. I think that he's had too much time off, and I know there's been so many issues. I mean, he had that fight with Bilal Muhammad, poked in the eye, 
Um, you know, that would have been a really good fight for him to show the fans, you know, I mean business, but he didn't. He didn't, and it's just such a shame for him. Um, but he, I'm just not sold on him. And Kamzat Tamayev is coming out and fighting whoever he can to try to be the champion. And I think that Kamzat Tamayev really has a good chance um, to upset Kamara Usman. I'd love to see those odds um, if they ever came out. I don't know. I think that's a really close fight. And I I'm probably would lean towards Kamaru because he is a badass. Um, but Kamaru, um, it would struggle, I think, against Kamzat Tamayev, who is wrestling is, is unbelievable. Um, but Kamzat definitely wins this fight. He's minus 575. Um even though it's disrespectful to Gilbert Burns, Kamza uh, is just another animal. He is just somebody you don't... Like, if you were in a bar and you got into a fight, you don't want to get into a fight with that guy. Um, and that's just kind of how I look at it. Bantamweight, co-main event, Jan and Sterling. We all know how the last one ended. Piotr Jan kneeing Aljamain Sterling, knocking him out. essentially out. I think he was definitely out, and it definitely hurt. Did Aljamain kind of sell it so he could get the title? Probably... And then he kind of pushed this fight for months and months and months, saying he was injured and couldn't fight and couldn't make weight, yeah, that, yeah. Aljamain is a heavy dog, and it's his title that he's defending. Plus 375 he's defending um, as champion. And, and that's very disrespectful, in my opinion, to the champion. But Pewter Jan, I mean, if you've seen his fight against Jose Aldo um, in the beginning of that Aljamain fight, um, his fights against, um, you know, other really good opponents... It's a shame that Piotr Jan is not the champion. He is the champion in my eyes. Aljamain is just holding that belt until they could get this rematch. Aljamain Sterling is going to absolutely get whooped this fight. Um, and it's a shame because he's a good fighter. I think that he's a decent fighter. I like what he brings. He's very high pace. Um, uh, you know, forces the, the pressure onto his opponent. But Aljamain is no match for Piotr Jan, whose ground game, striking, wrestling ability. He took down Jose Aldo with ease, and Jose has been on a tear lately. It is just shocking what Piotr Jan can do to his opponent. So this one is no closer than the last one. Minus 525 for Piotr Jan. And in the main event, um, Alexander Volkanovsky coming off of, in my opinion, the second best fight of the year because I'm giving the fight of the year to Gaethje and Chandler. We already talked about that in the beginning of the year. I guarantee that no one will hesitate and say that that is not the second best fight. And, and it might be a flip between Chandler and Gaethje. I feel like the New York crowd really played into the Gaethje-Chandler fight. Um, but in Arizona, when you got Brian Ortega and Alexander Volkanovsky and those fans are going crazy in that third round... Um, that was a fight. That was a dog fight. And Alexander Volkanovsky showed that he's probably the best featherweight um, in history. I don't want to say that because that's so tough, but it's close. Uh, Max Holloway obviously knocking on that door at some point. He probably wants that third fight um, in the Korean Zombie. And it was announced that it was going to be Holloway in this fight. And then Holloway got injured and he couldn't fight. And, you know, his last fight against Yair Rodriguez was another one where it's like, okay, this is kind of probably potentially be fight of the year. Um, but Volkanovski, man, is just a minus 800 odds. You don't see this every day. Volkanovski, I think, is absolutely going to work the Korean zombie. Um, and I don't think it's going to be a close fight. I think that Alexander Volkanovski, what he did to Brian Ortega, a guy that's phenomenal in wrestling, a guy that um, can strike with the best of them, um, T-City, Brian Ortega, is that dude. Um, it's a shame that he lost, but, you know, again, going up a guy, it, it's tough because if you go look at all these champions, right, Francis Ngannou, who's going to beat him? 
Who's going to beat Kamara Usman? Who's going to beat Israel Adesanya? Who's going to beat Volkanovski? Who's going to beat Jan when he takes the title back? You know, there's only a couple of titles where it's like, okay, somebody could come and take it. But like, you also have to think, we thought the same thing about um, Amanda Nunes, um, her last fight. And, and what happened there? She lost. She got absolutely rocked. Um, that was a fight that she just was not in her element. Um, and, and essentially, she really did not look good in that fight. Um, we all know it. She didn't look good. She wasn't really strong. Um, Juliana Pena, rear naked choke. Um, and it was a tough one. It was a really tough one to watch for Amanda Nunes. And she was what, a heavy favorite. Again, do I think an upset could happen here? If there was an upset, the Korean zombie maybe and gets the crowd behind him and he really has a good camp, maybe, or Gilbert Burns plus 400, that's good and little, you know, cheeky throw throw down 10 bucks and win 40 bucks, you know? Other than that, I don't see anything happening. I think this is going to be a really straightforward uh, card. I think Jan's going to win, Shemaev, and Alexander Volkanovsky, and, and how much those odds would be, I really don't know. Let's kind of throw it in the parlay calculator right now. If you throw them all in there, it's minus 175, so... It's not a bad throw-in bet. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not a bad parlay if you want to, you know, do those. I just wouldn't because anything can happen. Like, I always say in the UFC, anything can happen. It's a puncher's fight, and we all know it. It's more like boxing where it's a puncher's fight, and you kind of know in the UFC who's going to win fights. But you never know. You know how many upsets there have been? So you can't really hang your hat on stuff like that. Um, but it's going to be a really good card. I mean, I went through a lot of fights that I'm really excited for. It's a card that I'm going to pay attention to closely. Um, and I cannot wait to see how the rankings shape up, especially with the championship fights. If if Jan and, and Volkanovski win again, who are their opponents? I feel like Volkanovski has gone through this division. Besides Yair Rodriguez, but Yair just lost to Max Holloway. So I don't think Yair is getting a title shot anytime soon. And Pewter Jan... Who's in the Bantamweights? Seriously, who's in the Bantamweights that he is going to try and go uh, try to get the title back? It's going to probably be a third fight with Sterling, um, unless it's in phenomenal fashion. So I don't know what's going to happen in these divisions. And with Kamzat, if he wins, does he boot Leon out of the, the uh, championship fight? I would say yes. Or you have Leon and Kamzat fight, and Kamzat will fight any day, any, any week. He'll fight on a minute's notice. So we really have to pay attention to what happens in this pay-per-view um, and see how the rankings shape up. But we will be right back after the break. Coming up on today's episode, it's our last segment. We have got to talk about the MLB. I know it's a kind of, again, quicker episode. Um, and before I get into there, I'm going to kind of briefly touch up on, upon a couple of things that I said earlier in the episode where I want to talk about you know certain things that happened in the NBA and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Heated Up Podcast. Sounds good. All right, guys, welcome back from the break. Hope everyone's having a good day. Um, Yankees playing a couple of hours, so I'm very excited to listen to that game, watch the game, essentially. Um, I'm off today, Friday off. My schedule is kind of weird this week, um, but I'm very excited. I also want to say happy birthday, Chubbs. It is his birthday today. If you guys are listening, please go over um, and say happy birthday to him. If you know who he is, um, that's my guy since kindergarten when he was shaving his initials into the side of his head. Like his mom, his mom would shave his initial CJM in his head, like she didn't know which one he was. Like it's him. Like it's he's the only one there. You know, he used to have like I think we had like Flag Day or something, and he would like paint his head like red, white, and blue. It was it was a mess. It was a mess. Elementary school was a mess for the kid, but that's my best friend. Um, you know, I wouldn't probably be here without him um, and the things that he's done for me over my life. I mean, there's too many to kind of count where I'm like, okay, thank you very much. 
Um, so I just want to say happy birthday to him um, and shout him out on his special day. I will be seeing him after. So, um, yeah, get ready for those. Uh, if you have me on Snapchat, enjoy those um, videos. So let's talk about the Heat. I kind of brought him up because it's his birthday, but, like, I was at the game with him. Heat Celtics, if you guys remember that game, that was on Wednesday of last week. Um the Heat won. The Heat won in a game where everyone kind of... The Heat, obviously, we remember two weeks ago um, with what happened. The big the big brawl on the bench. Haslam, Spo going at Jimmy. Jimmy Butler is a really good, phenomenal player. He is the guy on your team that is a leader. Um, he is a guy that when you need a bucket, you go to him. Um, he is a guy that can carry your team to a finals, which he's already done. Um, and he's a guy that I would go to war for. Um, he is the heart and soul of this team behind UD, but I mean, that's besides the point. A guy, an active player that's on this team that's the heart and soul is him. Jimmy Butler is that guy. And regardless of what you want to say um, and, 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 and how you think, Jimmy Butler is a phenomenal basketball player. Um, and, and it's crazy to me that some people don't think that. Um, the stuff that he does goes underappreciated, undervalued. Um, because he's not playing for a high, you know, market team, and I know uh, Florida is a high market, you know, place to be in. Um, but I'm talking about an LA, a New York, um, even a Boston, where a lot of people are looking and have eyes on you all the time. Um, because he doesn't do a lot of flashy things. He doesn't go and doesn't shoot the three ball at a good mark. He doesn't have all these flashy dunks. He doesn't have, you know, um, these flashy passes and these flashy highlight plays. He has good basketball, great basketball IQ, um, plays strong defense, um, and his mid-range game is amazing. And they don't like to show things like that on ESPN or Sports Center because they just don't have the time. So Jimmy Butler goes without saying is one of the best Heat players of all time. Okay, he's probably a top seven Heat player of all time. If I had to just quickly in my head, Shaq, Alonzo Mourning. Um, Tim Hardaway, Dwayne Wade, LeBron are over him, and he's kind of in that next six, seven, eight, nine range. Um, and I'm not talking about all-time career. I'm talking about what they've done for the Heat because I don't think anyone's really done what Jimmy Butler has done besides like a Dwayne Wade or LeBron James. Chris Bosh, I forgot him. I apologize. Definitely over Jimmy Butler. No offense. Um, and at some point, I think Bam Adebayo will pass Jimmy. I think Bam Adebayo will pass Tim Hardaway. I think Bam will pass a couple of those other guys. Um, but that's not now. Right now, Jimmy Butler is a top 10 player in Heat history. And what he's done for this organization already and what he continues to do is something that has to be respected and appreciated. So, Jimmy Butler, I appreciate you and I thank you. And now that brings me into the game. Jimmy Butler had a phenomenal game. He brought his team to a victory. And I don't think him alone did it. I don't think anyone really had a phenomenal game. I think there was bits and pieces of each guy that really benefited that team to make it a whole team victory. Max Struess starting in the starting lineup now. I think that's going to be a permanent move. Max Struess got attacked probably for four or five minutes in that fourth quarter and absolutely played phenomenal defense. The last three defensive possessions, block on Tatum, a charge on Tatum, um, and he had just another stop. And Max Struess plays with heart. And his fans and their teammates really love what he brings to the table. So, Max Struess, I definitely applaud you. I have your jersey. I love you, Max. I appreciate you. Um, kind of don't want to shift towards that because that was kind of last week. What's going on now? The Celtics, Robert Williams, out, torn meniscus. Um, he'll be back probably in the second round, the third round of the playoffs. We'll see what happens there if they get that far. Um, they were playing phenomenal basketball. Oh, cause, so it does suck that Robert's gone. Um, 
the Heat are lighting it up. They are going to clinch the number one seed with a win in Atlanta. Um, we will see what happens there. Um, and then if they do not, they will clinch it with a win and against Orlando. Um, and essentially, again, that will be an important game, regardless how you want to look at it. Kyle Lowry um, playing in his home game against Toronto. The fans loved him. They came back and won the Heat. Um, without Jimmy Butler, without P.J. Tucker, just a good team win. Eric Spolstra sounds like he has COVID. So there's a lot of things going on, but everything I feel like is going to come and form into one, and this Heat team is going to put on one hell of a playoff performance. And again, we'll talk about that next episode and dive deep into the playoff run. So I didn't want to touch too much upon it, um, but yeah, that is what I'm talking about with the Miami Heat. Um, the Lakers got eliminated a couple of nights ago from the uh, play-in, essentially the playoffs. They're done. They're washed. Same thing with Brooklyn. They're washed. I'm not afraid of Brooklyn, but I want them to get the seven seed because I don't want to play them as a one seed. So um, we'll see what happens there. They do have to beat. Um, I believe they have two more games left, and the Heat have one. We'll see what happens with that. Um, and I just don't want to play Brooklyn. Brooklyn is a team I just do not want to play. But even if Brooklyn gets like the 9-10 and wins wins, um, they got to win two games. And I don't know if they can do that, especially with their defense, with no Ben Simmons. So we'll see what happens there. Um, and a couple of other teams, the Suns are kind of still rolling. The Grizzlies are kind of still rolling. Um, and essentially, MVP is probably going to go to Jokic. And we all know how I feel about Jokic. I am not going to get NSW, or NSFW um, and start swearing on the podcast again. But Nikola Jokic, I hate you. And I think you are an absolute disgrace of a human being. With that, again, being said, um, I don't think there's much else to talk about. Um, I feel like uh, Tiger Woods, um, we can talk about, um, you know, he's coming into the Masters. We're very excited. I do have a long shot bet on him. So if he does play in the Masters, um, I think that is today. Um, can't wait to see. Can't wait to see what happens um, with Tiger Woods. I hope he wins. I hope he wins. Why not? You know, might as well. I hope. Um, I don't really think there's anything else um, to kind of talk about. Um, you know, at least before you know, I get into baseball. So let's jump into a quick break. I just kind of wanted a quick one, literally super quick. I wanted to talk about that. Um, the Heat kind of just go off on my team a little bit. Um, football. I we already talked about the Tyreek Hill um, stuff. Stephon Diggs got a four-year extension. Um, but um nothing else really going on within the other sports so let's go dive into a um another break um and then i'll come back we'll talk about the mlb pl uh, season and um then we'll kind of end the episode so stay tuned heated up podcast we'll be right back sounds true all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the episode this is the end um, we are going to break down in the National League. I'm just going to kind of jump into it because I don't want this to be a huge long segment um, for at least the National League because, like, I'm not worried. I think the National League, we all know who's going to come out of the National League, um, and, and I'll make my predictions there. Um, so let's go. Dive in quickly. The Mets. All right. The Mets got Max Scherzer. Um, they got Chris Bassett. And Starling Marte. Um, they're a team that I don't say I would be afraid of as, in the NL East um, as far as pure talent. 
but they're a very good team. I mean, Jacob DeGrom, we know, is going out injured. Um, Max Scherzer, I believe, also has an injury, but I'm not sure exactly which um, what his issue is. They lose Kevin Pillar and Michael Conforto. Scherzer is going to have to carry the load, okay? Um, uh, when you lose a guy like DeGrom, you're going to lose him for mostly a couple of months. Essentially, probably a lot of months. Um, I'd probably say two or three months, Scherzer is going to be gone. It sucks because, um, you know, you got Scherzer, you got Bassett. It's not going to be that much of an issue for you, okay? Um, it's going to suck because he's probably the best pitcher in the league, like behind maybe a Shohei, but like uh, he's too quick. Like it's too too soon to give Shohei that, that role. So it's probably DeGrom is the best pitcher. It's a shame you're going to lose him, but again, when he comes back, you're going to have DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett, where those three guys coming at you, that is a dangerous three-headed team. But also, you get Starling Marte, who is very expensive. He was very expensive to get. Um, he's not a good defensive uh, center fielder. Um, he's a guy that can hit the ball pretty well, but, you know, I feel like when you look at the Yankees, what did they do? They went for defense. The, uh, the Mets kind of went the other way. So we'll see what happens, um, and, and, and it's going to be bad for them. I feel bad. I truly do feel bad, um, but screw them. I don't like them. The best team in New York is the Yankees. Next, we got the Braves. Braves, they got it, Matt Olson and Kenley Jansen. We already knew that was going down. When you lose Freddie Freeman, um, he's gone. He was, you know, your face. He was the face of your franchise. You lose him. What's going to happen here? You're going to have Ronald Acuna. You're going to have Matt Olson. You're going to have Ozzy Albies. Those are your three guys. Those are your three guys, okay? Those are the guys you need to rely on. And what's going to happen? I think that that is going to be a very good team again. Ronald Acuna is probably a top five player in this league, so to see what happens with this team, you know, we're gonna have to see. I don't, I don't know where they go. You know, you lose. It's kind of like I'm trying to think of what happened. I don't know. Kind of like when you lose Paul Pierce when you're the Celtics, when you trade away Paul Pierce, you lose him, and you kind of lose your kind of face of that guy. You got to find a new one. The Celtics found Jason Tatum. Um, who are the, uh, the, the, the Braves going to get? The Braves probably going to try to go get Ronald Acuna to be that face of the franchise. We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens if he has a good year. Phillies go and get Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber. That's going to be a dangerous team. Dangerous team. But essentially, none of them can play defense. They are both very bad defenders. I mean... Come on, we know that. I mean, we saw Schwarber in Boston last year. We know how it is. Nick Castellanos is going to continue to hit nukes. Same thing. So they'll be a very good offensive team. That outfield, though, Bryce Harper, Castellanos, and Schwarber, one of them will be a DH. But, man, that is going to be a nice little team. Um, Nationals, they get D. Gordon. They get uh, Nelson Cruz. Um, but they got rid of everybody. Literally everybody. Besides Juan Soto. Like, Juan Soto's still there. Poor guy. They traded everybody but him. Like, what the heck is going on? Um, and Ryan Zimmerman retired. So we all know that. Um, you lose Schwarber. You lose Turner. You lose Scherzer. It's like, are you... I don't understand if they're tanking or not. Because, like, you got Soto, who's a very good player. You could probably get a major amount of picks and players uh, and prospects. Um and you sign Nelson Cruz and D Gordon, who are older guys who are not going to help you tank. So it doesn't make sense. I don't see it, uh, them going anywhere. Um, and then the Marlins, they get Jorge Soler, Avisel Garcia, um, and they lose Derek Jeter. I love Derek Jeter. Derek Jeter, 
Um, probably the best shortstop in history, um, in my opinion. Um, and I know they'll be frowned upon, but it'll be a decent squad. So there'll be another one that's kind of like, are you tanking or not? If I had to go, who's going to lead this division? It's going to go in this order. Mets, Braves, Phillies, um, Nationals, and Marlins. I would probably flip the Marlins at some point um, if they can put it together. But I feel like the Nationals will kind of start winning games. It'll be a weird year for the Nationals. But Mets, um, Braves, Phillies, Nationals, and the Marlins. I think that's kind of the order you should go in for that uh, division. Next, we got the NL Central, the Brewers. You get Andrew McCutcheon, Hunter Renfro, which you have to trade away Jackie Bradley to get Hunter Renfro. Another team where it's like, are they going to be good? Are they going to be bad? What's going on? Christian Yelich had a bad year, but you had some really good pitchers. Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, they all really had very good years. We'll see if they can continue that this year. And you have a really good outfield with Andrew McCutcheon and Hunter Renfro. Um... You know, this would be a decent squad if Christian Yelich can come back and play really good baseball um, and play to kind of that, you know, MVP type caliber he was the past couple of years. Um, we'll see what happens because Renfro, McCutcheon, and Yelich will be a really good outfield. Um, next, you got the Cardinals, who you get Albert Pujols back, but I don't think that helps you. Um, Steve Matz, I don't think this team goes anywhere. I think this is kind of like another eh kind of squad. Um, Nolan Arenado, eh player, you know. We'll see what happens. I'm not really um, looking at this team as being like uh, a really good squad, but we'll see what happens. Um, the Cubs, they got that Suzuki guy. They got Marcus Stroman, Jan Gomes, Clint Frazier, Jonathan Villar, and they really didn't do much. They didn't really lose anybody. I mean, they lost Rizzo. They lost Baez. They lost Brian. They got rid of all those guys. Suzuki's going to be a really good player. Marcus Stroman's going to be a really good player. Um, do I think the Cubs make the playoffs? Probably not. They'll be a decent squad. The Reds, again, they lose Castellanos, lose Freddy, uh, Jesse Winker, lose Eugenio Suarez, lose Amir Garrett. They're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. And the Pirates, just kind of an end season, so I don't even want to break them down. Um, again, in order, it's probably the Brewers, um, the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Reds, and Pirates. It's probably in order again. These teams just aren't going to do much. This is going to be a very bad division. Now the West, and the favorite, and probably who's going to win the World Series, the Dodgers. You get Freddie Freeman, Craig Kimbrell, Kevin Pillar, Andrew Heaney, Daniel Hudson. You lose Corey Seager, Max Scherzer, and Kenley Jansen. The losses don't even come close to the to the you know addition. So Dodgers, we all know what's going to happen. Um, you know, you get Craig Kimbrell in a trade for um, Kenley Jansen. This is a team to beat in the, uh, the the National League. We all know it. We all hate it. Um, and it's a shame. It's a shame. Um, the Giants, they get Carlos Rodon, Jock Peterson. They lose, though, Chris Bryant, Kevin Gossman, and Buster Posey. That's a shame. It's a shame. Buster Posey retiring. Rodon, though, if he has a really good year like he did last year, he will be very, very important for this team. But you also lose Gossman, who, again, had a really good year. So it's kind of like an end season for the Giants. I think they'll still be very good. I don't think they'll be as good, but they'll be pretty good, as we all know. Next, Padres. 
They got Luke Voigt. We traded him Luke Voigt. The Yankees traded them Luke Voigt. We'll see what happens because you have no Fernando Tatis for a little bit, a couple of weeks. Um, but I think that he'll be okay. I know wrist injuries really mess up some power hitters, but I think he'll be pretty decent. Um, the Rockies get Chris Bryant, Randall Gritchuk, but you lose Trevor Story, Tapia, and John Gray. Your pitching really doesn't get better because you get Cologne, but he's not really a guy that can offset Tapia. Uh, excuse me, John Gray. Um, I was looking. I was looking at the wrong name. Um, but you lose Trevor Story. Like he was kind of your your face, you know. It was Trevor Story, Nolan Arenado, and now they're gone. And now you got Chris Bryant, who is he that guy that can kind of flip this franchise? We'll have to see what happens. And then the Diamondbacks. I don't even have anything to say. Cattell Marte is your best player. Um, he's very good. Um, so you kind of just have to hope that he has a really good year. Um, in order, again, Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Rockies, Diamondbacks. I think the Rockies and uh, Padres could flip depending on how good um, you know Chris Bryant plays this year and Grichuk. I think that will be a better hitting team than last year. But we'll see what happens. Um and that is that for the National League. Um, I hate the National League. I hate talking about, like, it's the same thing with the West and the NBA. It's like I just don't like talking about them. Do you know what I mean? Um, so give me one second. Let me get back to the next article that I want to go after, and that's the American League. I'm going to do the East last. We'll go to the Central, the White Sox. They get Josh Harrison. They lose Carlos Rodon. Kind of an end season. They'll probably lead this division. Um, unless you're talking about the Twins. The Twins got Correa, Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela, Sonny Gray, and you only lose Josh Donaldson? W for them. Huge W, might I add. Huge. Okay? Huge, huge, huge W for them. I think that they're going to be a very good team, and I think they could really put a run for the, the White Sox money, but... We'll break that down in a second. Next, Tigers get Baez, get Eduardo Rodriguez. They lose Nico Goodrum, who I literally think can play every position but catcher. Um, we'll see what happens there. Baez, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with him. The Guardians didn't do anything besides change their name. And that's it. There's nothing else they did. The Royals got Zach Greinke back, Amir Garrett. They lost Mike Miner. I think they got better with that trade or, or, or those moves. Um, so the Royals, that'll be very, very fun to watch. I'm going to go White Sox, Twins, Guardians, Tigers, Royals. I think it'll be in a different order than what we think. I think that that's a very decent order. Next. Astros did nothing. They didn't get anybody. They lost Correa. They lost Granke. They lost Garcia. The Mariners, they get Robbie Ray, Eugenio Suarez, Jesse Pinker. They lose Kyle Seager, though, and Kikuchi, who essentially went to a team that I'm very depressed to be talking about after. Um, the Astros, I don't think really anything happens to them. I think they'll you know, still be probably the best team in this division until I name the next team. The Mariners, I think they'll be very good. I think they really improve their hitting, their pitching. I think they are a very good squad. I think the Angels get Noah Syndergaard and Aaron Lope. Um, you lose Alex Cobb and Justin Upton. Mike Trout's 30. Shohei's the best player in baseball, at least the most impressive to watch. Jared Walsh having a great year. I don't know what's going to happen with this team. I think they could win the World Series. We'll have to see. The Rangers get Cole Calhoun. 
John Gray, Marcus Semien, and Corey Seager. They are going to be nasty. And the Athletics, absolute tank mode. They lose, and I quote, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Starling Marte, Mark Canna, Can- uh, oh my gosh, I just struggled, Josh Harrison, Jan Gomes, Chris Bassett, Sean Manea. And at some point, they're going to get rid of Frankie Montes. They're done. They're the worst team in baseball. No other debate conversation. They're the worst team in baseball. In order, Angels at 1, Rangers at 2, Astros at 3, Mariners at 4, Athletics at 5. And that's a hot take, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going the Angels are going to play hot baseball, and the Angels are my long shot to win the World Series. But I truly think the World Series champion... Um, or at least the American League champion will come from this division, the American League East. This division is stacked. Blue Jays, they got Kevin Gosman, Yushi Kikuchi, Matt Chapman. They lost Robbie Ray and Simeon. But pitching-wise, oh, man. Oh, man. That is... A squad, Bo Bichette, Kevin Biggio, Vlad Guerrero, Matt Chapman. and the outfield, you got Teoscar Hernandez. You now have pitching behind them, Kevin Gosman, Kikuchi. You don't have Robbie Ray, who's a Cy Young winner. But come on, man. Come on. The Yankees. They got Josh Donaldson. They got Isaiah Kiner-Falefa. And they got Jose Trevino. They lost Gary Sanchez, Gio Urshela, Clint Frazier, Luke Voigt, essentially Brett Gardner unless he comes back. They bring back Anthony Rizzo. You know, they got a little bit of lefties, okay? Got a couple of lefties. Josh Donaldson is a very good hitter. IKF is a really good guy that puts the ball in play and he runs pretty quick. You have to see what happens with Kyle Higashioka. Okay, he's leading this spring training in uh, in in uh, average and home runs. Um, Aaron Judge might be unhappy because he doesn't have a contract. Aaron Hicks definitely is not the solution in center field. And what's the rotation, the starting rotation? Because Garrett Cole cannot do it alone. Because you also saw what happened to him when it came down to it in Boston. So we have to see what happens there. Corey Kluber goes over to the Rays. Nelson Cruz is gone. Colin Q and Michael Walker for the Rays. The Rays, again, have to see what happens with them. They didn't really make any crazy additions, but the subtractions are devastating. The Red Sox, Trevor Story, Jackie Bradley Jr., Rich Hill, Michael Walker. But you lose Renfro. You lose Eduardo Rodriguez. You lose Kyle Schwarber. The Red Sox will be decent. I think Trevor Story really balances them out. But we'll have to see what happens um, if they can put it all together. Um, at the bottom of that lineup, it's like, Ugh, but, you know, they're not bad. And the Orioles got Rugnit Odor, and that's kind of the highlight of their season. That will be the highlight of their season. So I know this will be, again, a hot take. Yankees in first. Blue Jays in second by a game. A game. Red Sox in third by, like, two games. The Rays and then the Orioles. That is my hot take predictions. I have to say the Yankees. I truly think it'll be the Yankees, White Sox, 
and the Angels with the Rangers right behind them and the Blue Jays right behind them, essentially in that order, and the Red Sox. But we all know, and I just have to be a realist, I think that the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. We all know it, and there's nothing that we can do about it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for today's episode of the Heated Up Podcast. If you're not following us on any of our social media sites, at symbol Heated Up Podcast, go over to Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And if you want to just listen to another episode, please click around um, the link. Go to our channel on Instagram, or on Pod, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor FM. Please go over there. Give us a follow. Stay tuned in. Um, I'll be tweeting a little bit more this week when it comes to baseball. And uh, I can't wait to start next week's episode because we got to talk about the NBA playoffs because that is going to be phenomenal sporting. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Happy opening day. I hope everybody has a phenomenal and amazing night. Soundstripe.